What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. It's the Apple Bits XL. Brian Song here, your host with the most for everything good and bad inside the world of Apple. This is episode 40, believe it or not. Thank you so much for rolling with us. And this is kind of the recap and additional stories of everything that has happened around Apple for the week. It is right now, as of this recording, Wednesday, we're jumping on this a little bit earlier because there's just so much news and stories to get into. Everything from new potential AirPods, iPhone 5G coming or not coming, when is it going to happen, and Apple Music to the Echo. But we first want to also acknowledge you guys and gals, tons of great calls this week. We will get to them. So to be a part of the show, you know how to do it. Call in at 833-888-ABXL. That's 833-888-2295. I love what you guys are throwing out there, as well as some people don't like to call the show. So if you just go to applebitsshow at gmail.com, you can send your comments um, or even a recording that way, and I will include it in the show. All right, a whole lot of software updates that have really come over the past day and a half in case you haven't checked them out. Apple released iOS 12.1.1, so this gives you the expanded eSIM support that kind of unlocks it on a variety of carriers. Thank you for finally going back and fixing FaceTime, giving me the ability to switch the camera on that front toolbar instead of like digging into it. That was just horrible, and we jumped on them for that. That is fixed. You can do live photos within FaceTime as well, and then haptic touch for notifications on the iPhone XR. You can hold on the screen to get a preview on them. There's also like an option to hide the sidebar in news on the iPad. So this is important, and also after this announcement, multiple carriers announced how they will be releasing and rolling out eSIM support on the latest iPhone. So we're talking about AT&T in the US, Rogers and Fido in Canada. Also, Verizon is expected to implement the eSIM support for the 10R and 10S on December the 7th. So that's big for people that you know want to take advantage of that in different countries. We also have, though, the key part of this is that iOS 12.1.1 pairs with the just recently announced today, Watch OS 5.1.2. And this is important because it finally brings the ECG capability and the ability for the Apple Watch to detect irregular heart rates on the Apple Watch. That was kind of the big health feature they showcased when they announced it. It is finally here. Again, you have to use both update to iOS 12.1.1 first, then Watch OS 5.1.2. In addition to that, for watchOS, you finally, the number one thing I complained about right out of the gates, you get the capability to add all the complications that should have been there from the start to customize the new infograph watch faces that includes mail, messages, the home kit, maps, Apple News, find my friends, the phone complication, and the remote. They can all be assigned in those different four corner slots as well as in the heart of the infograph watch face, depending on which one you use. That is huge because I was like, where are these things? Like, I want to use the one that gives me the most information and the most data. So that's also wrapped up in there. The other thing about this is if we want to talk about how you actually take an ECG, that's the electrocardiogram reading on an Apple Watch. It doesn't, you can't, it just doesn't do it right off the bat. You actually kind of have to set it up in the health app. So it's a combination of going into the Apple Watch app on your iPhone and then finding the heart app. And basically from there, it allows you to set up the ECG app in health. It kind of works in tandem because by taking an ECG reading, it saves it into the health app. 
And so once you do that and go through the process, then you can rest your arm on a table and then hold your finger on the digital crown. You do have to open the ECG app on your watch. It looks like um, like a little icon with a little like heart reading. It's not the heart rate icon. This is This is different. So you do have to at least go through the watch app on your phone after you update from iOS 12.1.1 and watchOS 5.1.2 to unlock it. So it just takes a few steps. I don't want you to assume that, oh, I updated it. Where did it go? Because it happens all the time. And then in addition to that, the Apple Watch, because of these new health features, they are extending the 45-day refund period. Um, Normally, it's a 14-day return policy. So people that are getting this specifically that have heard about, oh, it can do the ECG readings, whether it's for family members or it's important for your own personal health, um, you can actually test it out for a longer period. And the return policy is now 45 days after purchase. That's something new that they're doing only specifically for the Apple Watch because of this new ECG feature. So really cool. Uh, It's going to be really interesting to see how this does help people every day. Apple released like a whole new campaign of how the Apple Watch has impacted their lives from a health standpoint as well. We've heard all the stories of how it's literally saved people's lives in the past or had them go to the doctor because it detected a strange heart rhythm. And so this is going to be even more in depth. This is on the Apple Watch Series 4. So I don't want you to assume that all of a sudden you're going to get the ECG reading on previous Apple Watches, but you will at least get a regular heart rhythm notifications on Series 1 through Series 4. So very cool stuff. Uh, you know how big a fan I am of the Apple Watch, and I've told a lot of people that have been curious about the Apple Watch. They always ask me, should I get it? And I'll always say this, absolutely, it is the Apple Watch to get. And this is, in my opinion, probably their best product from a standpoint of the evolution and how it fits into the ecosystem. This is their best product of the year, in my humble opinion. And yeah, you need the iPhone to use the Apple Watch. But still, one of my favorite products of the year. Also, other software updates dropped a little earlier. We're kind of starting with what was the most recent We talked about iOS 12.1.1, MacOS Mojave 10.14.2, and then tvOS 12.1.1 all dropped, so tons of software software upgrades. HomePod has a 12.1.1 update. There's nothing big here for U.S. customers, but in anticipation for their launch for China, Cantonese and Mandarin, and a Cantonese dialect specifically for Hong Kong, has been implemented to be detected by the HomePod. In addition to the LEDs on the top of the HomePod will now illuminate during group FaceTime calls. I still haven't done a group FaceTime call, honestly. We, we, should, get, we should get on that. We should do something like that, especially for the Patreon supporters. I'll look into that. All right. Keep on rolling with more stories that came out this week. A lot of big stuff came out. One of the big reports straight out of Bloomberg. Apple will wait until at least 2020 to release a 5G iPhone. And this is only really a bigger story because Android phones, Qualcomm uh, Snapdragon-based phones with Qualcomm modems will be starting to roll out products that support 5G in 2019. And we know that carriers 
aren't really truly going to be able to roll out completely, at least nationwide here in the U.S. with 5G until really 2020. So Apple's not completely missing the boat. But look, when when 5G comes out, Verizon already announced they'll be having they'll be um, releasing a mobile hotspot for 5G in 2019. Not exactly integrated in the phone, but it starts there. And yes, I know about all the health concerns people have talked about in the Netherlands when they were testing it. Birds were dying um, nearby 5G cell towers because the signal is so much more powerful. People were potentially getting headaches from it. They have tested this quite a bit. It's going to be interesting to see really how those side effects, if they have been mitigated, you know, if it's, I don't want to say it's an over-exaggeration, but they're not going to just roll this out if those issues are still happening and happening often. But yeah, like anything, technology takes time to evolve. They do have to test it in certain places, and they're not going to roll this out in the heart of major metropolitan areas or just period if those health concerns are going to happen. But it is curious because you have to remember, if you've heard on past shows, Apple and Qualcomm are going back and forth. They have their own legal battles and beefs of pricing and components and who took what from what. And so they're no longer friends anymore. That's why Apple has transitioned over to using Intel modems. The big reason why this story from Bloomberg says Apple will wait until at least 2020, at least, is because Intel won't even have any of their modem chips and components that will go into Apple's iPhones until 2020 and at least 2020 they definitely won't have anything ready for 2019 all reports have pointed to that so that's why apple will be late to the 5g bandwagon we have seen this historically this is no surprise apple was late to the party with 3g apple was late to the party with 4g typically around a year or so they waited because remember phones that first supported some of the faster networks battery optimization they were just sucking the batteries dry so apple gave it some time but i think that they've done these rollouts enough that if apple for for example if apple definitely takes longer than 2020 to implement 5g they're going to be behind and people are going to start complaining but we all know about the power of the ecosystem right users apple users are going to wait and they're not going to just jump off to another platform because of the power of the ecosystem. But it also gives people with other phones, like has happened in the past and still happens today, whether or not, I know there's people here that are Android users and iPhone users. They look at Apple and they're like, oh, we got 5G, where's your 5G? And we'll see how well it works. If if it performs as good as advertised, then there will be an issue. Data speeds on 5G at their peak are 20 times faster than 4G LTE. So if you are downloading a one gig file or media or content on a current phone today, if it's a one gig file, it would download that in that same time, 20 gigs. Now that is peak, but even if we're talking about, let's say 10 times faster, just to achieve a one gig versus 10 gig download speed, that's huge. So 5G is exciting. It's it's one of those steps that helps again transform media the ability to now truly stream 4k video wherever you are and then some people are going to say oh you don't really need 4k 
on a screen that small, but it will make a, there will be subtle differences and also just how it opens up new experiences, applications, augmented reality. And the fact that you have a bigger pipeline means more stuff can get shoved through it. It's always a good thing. And we'll just have to see how and when it actually rolls out. So 5G for the iPhone, not coming until at least 2020. The other big story, AirPods. Everyone loves AirPods. Everyone's wondering, dude, are we going to see the next AirPods? I guess I call them AirPods 1.5 with the wireless charging. According to a report from Ming-Chi Kuo, Apple's next generation AirPods, let's say the all-new designed AirPods with all the new rumored features such as being sweat-proof, having uh, different gesture controls, having the ability to just invoke Siri without touching the actual AirPods and noise canceling, all those features we've talked about, maybe a potential redesign, that will happen in 2020. But we're expecting to see the quote-unquote upgraded model with wireless charging support in the first quarter of 2019. A lot of projections had said that they were going to arrive by the end of the year in 2018. We all know what happened with Apple's AirPower, the wireless charging mat, all the delays that have happened with that. Apple removed it from their website. It really looks like it's non-existent. We haven't even heard if Apple's going to outright address it and say, we will not get the AirPower in 2018 because it was it was promised for this year. It was supposed to come out by the end of the year. We'll wait and see till Apple gives the official sign off that, yeah, it's not happening. And also, the only instance that the AirPower exists is in the AirPods product page on Apple's website. There is an image of the optional wireless charging case on an AirPower mat with an iPhone, and it just says currently unavailable. But they don't address it as an AirPower mat if you search for air power on Apple's website, nothing shows up. So they kind of work in tandem. And so my hunch is that if they can't get that air power mat, it's still using the Qi wireless standard. I'm assuming that this new case will be able to just be dropped on any other wireless charging pad. It's just that obviously they wanted to roll it out with the phone and the watch and the new AirPods case with the air power mat. There is supposed to be some different design considerations with this new, at least, AirPods 1.5. It'll have a hinge of the charging case will be redesigned to kind of support appearance changes. We've seen like a little LED light on the back while it's charging that would indicate with this specific new wireless case that would also support higher thermal requirements. So those are some of the things that are in the works. The report from Ming-Chi Kuo also says that the new AirPods will have some upgrades to the Bluetooth spec as well, but they aren't very specific about what exactly it will do. But um, there we go. The semi-upgraded AirPods 2019 first quarter, and then the all-new AirPods, at least based on the reports today, early 2020. The thing about the AirPods, which is really interesting, is they have a whole lot of room for growth. Some of the reports say fewer than 5% of iPhone users currently own AirPods. So we're talking about what roughly they say 1 billion iPhone users worldwide. They just even jumped that number up to 10 to 15% of iPhone users. 
that's going to be huge. So the AirPods still have a long growth rate. We know they're one of the most popular products from Apple today. And then in addition to that, the demand is still high. So Apple doesn't really need to rush, but I get so many notes from all of you asking, should I upgrade right now or should I not? I'm saying don't. If it's if it is I've told people not to a couple months ago, I'm still saying don't. Just wait for the new ones with the wireless charging case. All right, let's take a breather to thank you, the sponsors of this show, patreon.com slash Brian Tong. That is the way that you can support this show starting at $2 per month. That's basically 50 cents per episode. We do four episodes once every week. You can jump up if this is worth a cup of coffee to you a month. $5, we have different levels, 10, 25, 100. Thank you so much for all of you for supporting this show. Uh, live streams will be coming back sometime either at the end of December or definitely by January just because uh, YouTube has lifted a little bit of a slap on the wrist for me. So we'll get that back going. A lot of other ways that we're going to be growing the content for all of you Patreon supporters. So thank you so much. I'm doing this independent. This really is only happening because of you and I appreciate it so much. So patreon.com slash Brian Tong is how you can support this show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, let's get back into it. Another story that initially was kind of big, but so many other things happened around Apple that it kind of fell in the backdrop. Apple Music is going to launch on Amazon's Echo devices the week of December the 17th. Now, Apple and Amazon working together, you can ask directly the magic word from Amazon Play blank on Apple Music. It'll go right to it. And this Right away when I saw this, I was like, oh, wow. Like, is Apple, I don't want to say giving up on the HomePod, but they're really trying to push their music services everywhere. And this is smart. We already know that Apple Music is available on Android as its own app. So it's not like this is completely foreign territory. We know historically Apple even released iTunes on Windows. So they're okay with their music services it is an ecosystem play because right now, today, if you have not purchased a HomePod, I really just don't see why you would, other than you're so hardcore and you're so locked in the ecosystem because, again, the HomePod is 349 The HomePod does sound great, but you have this family of Amazon Echo products at all different price ranges, even somewhere around like $29, okay? that support this, that can play Apple Music. And more than anything, when you get one of these smart speakers, it is the gateway drug to the smart home. Amazon supports over 12,000 smart home devices. Apple's HomeKit, just over 500. That's huge. There's major manufacturers that Apple doesn't support, like Logitech, Nest Thermostats, and many more. So you just gotta be aware of that when you're making this decision. I think it's really interesting because Tim Cook also a few years a couple of years ago said they wanted to double their services business. The only way to do this is to put something like Apple Music on as many platforms as possible. If they put it on the Google Home, if they make it available there, uh that that's also really compelling for me because Amazon supports the most smart home devices, but Google is the smartest of all three. And Google supports 
somewhere roughly around over 5,000 smart home devices and really all the core ones that you care about, including ones that Apple doesn't. So I thought it it's interesting how it could change the landscape and there it makes it more enticing for someone who's part of the Apple ecosystem to be part of other smart home platforms that are just better, just flat out better. So it's really interesting. Again, the week of December the 17th, Apple Music will launch on Amazon Echo devices. Also, Microsoft is rebuilding its Edge browser on Chrome and bringing it to the Mac. So this is really interesting. The Microsoft Edge browser has pretty much fallen behind from a development standpoint. So what they're doing is they're going to rebuild it to run on Chromium. That's the same open source engine that powers Google's Chrome browser. I know there's Safari is the browser for Apple users, but I, for most people that I talk to, everyone's using Chrome. So not only will Edge, the Edge browser run on Windows machines, it will run on Apple for Mac OS. It'll also be updating itself for older business machines to run on Windows 7 and Windows 8. So this is a whole revamp to really just modernize their browser and bring that open source community to collaborate with them well. And again, it'll be on Apple, it'll be on Google, and it'll be on Microsoft platforms. So Microsoft Edge, there is no official date when it's coming, but the Edge browser will be coming soon to a Mac near you. Other interesting stuff, Apple receives FCC approval for what it looks like might be the new Bedit 3.5 sleep monitor. I don't know if any of you have seen this, It's designed in California, but it's like this strip, this sensor strip that you put, and it's a sleep monitor that you put under your initial sheet. And so it detects everything from your sleep time and the efficiency of your sleep, heart rate, respiration, temperature, movement, snoring, room temperature, room humidity. This is all from this long strip that goes across under your bed. I don't know if any of you are using it. Um, Right now, the latest one Apple acquired the company Bedit, but they haven't really done much with it up to this point. The Bedit 3 sleep monitor sells for $149.95 on its store, but Apple got FCC approval for a new sleep monitor, which has to be part of their acquisition of Bedit. Now, there is no word if this is going to work in pairing with the Apple Watch because Apple's big on making this, you know, the health digital health device for the next generation. So not only do you have now the ECG functionality, if they can pair this with a sleep tracker and give you really in-depth sleep tracking beyond, I've always said the Apple Watch needs to get better sleep tracking beyond what it does today. This could be an interesting combination, at least offering different solutions for that. Other Apple solutions, these are important. These are gonna affect you all every day. Apple begins selling a standalone 18-watt USB-C power adapter. So this has the USB-C port on the power adapter. Previously, it's been at least bundled in with the latest 11-inch and 12.9-inch iPad Pros. You can buy this separately, $29 in the United States, $39 in Canada. It would also require you to buy a USB-C to lightning cable, but it allows you the fast charging thanks to the throughput of the USB-C cable and then the lightning connector. I mean, I gotta tell you, I talked about it in my iPad Pro review. I literally have a USB-C power adapter and then I have three different cables 
to charge different things, it's kind of cray cray. When I say different things, like when I'm on the road, Apple Watch, uh, iPhone, because that uses Lightning, and then the USB-C to USB-C, which is for the iPad Pro. And I know this is temporary. It's going to be like this for a year or so, but it and it's part of the transition, but it's still, it still drives me a little batty when I got to keep on digging and figuring out which one do I need. It just kind of cray cray. Also, if y'all been waiting, Apple begins selling iPhone XR clear cases. Remember, they showcased these. Everyone went to the store. Not everyone, but they bought iPhone XRs. And they're like, where's the case for it? Apple is selling their clear case now, finally, in the U.S. Online orders can be placed today. Estimate delivery is within a few weeks for 39 bucks. But it allows you to show off those cool colors. Those really cool colors. We already talked about. Apple's iPhone issues, their stock has taken a hit. Projections from analysts believe iPhones are not selling nearly as well. Apple even turned down their projections. So right now, it's like, has the has the iPhone actually peaked now? It's a really, I, I, I don't know, but it feels like that way. And when I say peaked, they're still selling millions. But has the iPhone peaked? It, it, it feels like it's getting there at least from a standpoint of people not constantly upgrading because they don't really need to anymore. It's really become more than like a two-year upgrade cycle. Otherwise, everyone would have flocked to the 10s that was on that tier cycle. They're not. All right, Apple also is launching new iPhone 10s cases and Apple Watch bands. This kind of came under the radar, but you got to watch the video that I put out last week or just look this up online. There's three new colors. There is hibiscus, which is kind of this flowery pink color which is hibiscus there is mellow yellow which is kind of like a pastel canary yellow color canary yellow color yeah pastel yellow color and then there's pacific green but pacific green looks like blue and i can't i'm not going to go into this any more than i can it looks like blue and it is such an apple thing to make up the name of a color because that's what they want to do. It's it's not green, guys. It's blue. Boo! It's no, it's not blue. It's boo. Pacific green. Look it up from Apple. It ain't green. It ain't. All right. This is the part of the show where y'all get a call in again. Eight three three triple eight A B X L. Tons of great calls. We got like five or six of them so let's just start pounding through them and hear what you all have to say we're going to start off with our man josh wants to talk about the future brian this is josh cart from ambler pennsylvania um i got seven minutes into your show and i had to make this call i i just think it's important talking about the future of apple that the the iphone i think has reached a peak i mean there's only so much thinner you can make it there's only so much more you can do with it and it's an amazing device, and it'll always be amazing, but Apple definitely has to branch out if they want to stay on top. Um, I think they should expand their services. Um, as far as uh, what I'm hoping for in the future, my my biggest thing that I'm looking forward to is the next Mac Pro. I think I'm ready to get a machine that I can upgrade um, as the years go on. Um, but I, I did just sort of want to make that point that it's pretty obvious that if they're not uh, disclosing how many iPhones they're selling, I think they see the writing on the wall too, that there's only so much more uh, they can, uh, so much better they can make this phone every year. Um, and they've got to look at other things to bring in the moolah. 
Um, show's awesome. Have a good one. Uh, talk to you later. Bye. Thanks, Josh. They got to figure out something to bring in the moolah. All right, let's talk to Felix. He he may not be thinking about iPhone, but he's got some other plans. Hey, Brian, it's Felix from San Ramon. I'm not a big baller. I can't justify spending $1,000 on a phone, the existing phones. But what what would make me spend that $1,000 is if Apple installed a slide-out dual analog stick game controller on the back, like the Sony PSP Go back in the day. Put on some AAA games, not these mobile ports, like true AAA games. That would convince me to drop a grand on the phone. Uh, Apple would probably only sell two of those worldwide, but I'd do one of them. Anyways, keep up the good work. Bye. Ooh, he wants his games. Well, look, Fortnite. We got Fortnite. We got PUBG. In fact, there was just a story that uh, PUBG's mobile revenue surpassed Fortnite, Fortnite for the first time on iOS. So those are, I mean, if you're talking about AAA titles like God of War and Spider-Man, yeah, then I just don't think they're ever going to develop for iOS. They just aren't. If there's examples of AAA games that you're all are saying right now, like, no, they have this, they have this. I, I'm, I'm a gamer too, guys and gals, but Apple's platforms just haven't evolved to really draw that audience. All right, next up, Dougie. Teach me how to Dougie. Nostratongas, rocking with you out here, brother. I've been following you uh, since back in the day when you were with Tom and Molly and Veronica back on that other company. Uh, this is Dougie from uh, Dougie Boy from Jersey. And I uh, just wanted to, to chime in real quick. I just got done listening to your program. And just like you, a couple of points, um, I'm still rocking the iPhone 10. I've had every single iPhone upgrade since the very beginning, and I'm really happy with the 10, uh, especially with the expense of uh, the new phones. I don't think there's enough uh, of a value proposition to upgrade at this point, so I'm happy rocking the 10 still. Uh, also, I'm a photographer by trade, and I got the uh, 2018 iPad Pro 12.9-inch. Really, really happy with it. And um, I know a lot of people on YouTube, a lot of reviewers are talking about how it's not really a laptop replacement. I think that depends on the workload that you have. And I know Apple has a lot of hyperbole out there about how it can replace your laptop. But I think it's its its, it's, its own thing, just like Steve said from the beginning um, in his, his initial keynote. But I think with Apple and the iPad, you're either all in or all out. And what I mean all in it, you have to be all in with what it is now and what it has the potential to be in the hopefully the near future with iOS 13. Anyway, uh, thanks so much for all your hard work, brother. I'm going to go get myself to Patreon and make uh, make a donation to keep you running up there, brother. Talk to you soon. Later, Bill. Wait, what? Dougie, Bill? Bill? I know that was a slip. It's Brian, because if you go to Patreon and support me and look for Bill, like Bill Tong, it's... It's going to be a different page. It's going to be a different page. Bill. I'm Bill Tong. Welcome to the show. I'm just messing with you, Dougie. All right, Cameron, let's talk future. Hey, Brian, this is Cameron from uh, Johnson City, Tennessee. Um, You're asking for predictions for the next 25 years, uh, specifically Apple. Um, I think that in 25 years, the iPad will have replaced every Mac that we know of, um, and I was even thinking of like specifically uh, dedicated GPUs. We won't have that like at all. I think 
integrated graphics will be way beyond anything that we have right now. Uh, I love the show. Thank you. Thanks so much for calling, Cam. Yeah, I totally agree with you on that. Just like anything, the level of processing power and graphics power that we have in 25 years, it's going to be beyond. I mean, we're we're literally talking about potentially seeing minority report type floating holographic displays because let's say in 25 years, there's definitely going to be augmented reality glasses by then. Uh, let's say in five years. So let's say in 15 years, we're going to start getting, you know, little set-top box displays that shoot or project images on our walls. I mean, I'm waiting for the day where we don't really, we're already, we already have projection TVs, but where the technology and really the contrast ratio is so good that we won't necessarily need big TVs and we can get a pretty darn good image just shooting that on a wall from a box. Like, really good image. It's getting there already. When you see some of these, um, super slim projectors at CES, they're like thousands of dollars, like five to ten thousands of dollars. They're awesome and we're gonna get there. But yeah, I, I feel you on that. All right. This one I like. This call comes to us from Connor. He wants to talk about AirPods and headphones. Hey Brian, this is Connor from Detroit. Uh, I just want to get your quick opinion on something. Uh, so I currently have AirPods, love them, um, but I've recently been thinking about um, getting a new pair of wireless uh, over-the-ear headphones. Um, so I know Apple is rumored to come out with theirs um, sometime in the future, um, but I don't know if I want to wait that long. So I was thinking Beats just because, you know, it's easy to use within the ecosystem, even though I don't really like Beats, or uh, maybe I should just get another pair altogether. Um, so what do you think? Do you think I should get another Bluetooth um, headset, get Beats, or should I hold out? Uh, for the rumored ones from Apple. Thanks. See ya. All right. Thanks so much for calling. Here's my, I've been jumping into this lately and uh, I'm working on a video, but my favorite headset, and I've been a Bose loyalist forever. The QC35 twos, amazing headphones and still amazing headphones, but the best noise canceling headphones to beat right now over the ear are the Sony 1000 uh, MH. XM3s. Just look up Sony XM3s. Their noise canceling is amazing. The weight on them has become a lot better. Uh, these headphones are ridiculous. So first of all, let's wait on the AirPods, whether you get them or not. But if you're talking about over-ear headphones, the other interesting thing is that not only will AirPods be coming out at least estimated early 2019, we know that Apple's working on their own over-the-ear headphones, I'm just saying, seeing what they've done with the HomePods, I would seriously give them a chance, not only in the over-ear headphone space, but there was a recent patent where they basically are using mics in the headphones to detect which side of the headphone you're wearing, meaning, you know, that whole thing where you look at your headphones, you have to see which side is left, which side is right, and you have to put them on your head. I just like the idea of just popping them on my head and it doesn't matter. It just automatically knows... That's one of the patents that Apple's been working on. I'm sure other companies are working on their own similar thing, but that's kind of one of those subtle user things that you don't think would really matter, but then at the end of the day, it really matters. Just like popping on the AirPods, it became so convenient that you're like, dang, okay. Well, what about now popping on headphones where you don't never even have to worry about what side they're on? That's awesome. I want that. So 
Just wait till the first, if you can wait out, and I know you can, wait out till the first quarter of 2019 and see just what the overall landscape is. But right now, today, my favorite top two noise-canceling headphones are the Bose QuietComfort 35.2s and the Sony XM3s. Between those two, it's going to come down your preference, but I would lean from a sound quality standpoint because they got a little more punch and a little more bass, not overbearing like Beats tend to be, just a little more, the XM3s, okay? So just just look it up, see what you think. All right, that is going to do it for this week's show. Thank you so much. Just a reminder to support the show as I'm completely independent at patreon.com slash Tong and nothing but love for my Patreon Platinum Apple supporting at the $100 level. Oh my goodness. Brandon Ledford, Terrence McKelvey from Stratos Wealth Partners, Gil Cabrera, Andy Halverson, Wesley Frater, and Jarrett Lewis. And thank you all if you can five-star review the show, tell your friends about it. That's another way to support this. And uh, I'm nothing but thankful for everything that you guys and gals have done to get us here to this point. So we will keep on rolling. We'll talk to you all next week. Thanks so much for listening again. It's the Apple Bits XL, baby. Take care. Be safe. Peace.